When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The How's Your Father podcast with Johnny Cochran. And now, here's Johnny. Hello and welcome to another episode of the How's Your Father podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking all things fatherhood. You will know by now that I always deliver top quality guests and this week is no different for I have none other than DJ Spoonie, a DJ, a presenter, sports fanatic and father of two daughters. Welcome to the podcast, Spoonie. Thank, thank you very much for having me. Oh, I'm very excited to be there. I mean, let's be honest, most of the people I've had on so far, though wicked, they're mainly comedians, you know, so someone who can just mix it a little bit. Like, oh, I'm really excited for a bit of that. Yeah, really excited. Can I just um, say, I, I have this year done my first stand-up. Oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? That's an exclusive. Wow. How did it go? It's amazing. So I did a workshop um, at the comedy store for five weeks and then performed there. And um, yeah, that was it. It's brilliant. Loved it. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always nice when people start comedy and they have a good gig because whenever they do them courses, there's a lot of well wishes and there's a lot of good feeling in the room. So people yeah. think, yeah, this comedy game's easy. Yeah. yeah. Next up, the Apollo. And then you go yeah. in on a Friday night where no one likes you. And that's yeah. when it starts getting a bit tough, to be honest. Well, I mean, I'm at a slight unfair advantage because I've also, in my other capacity as a DJ, played that record that clears the dance floor as well. So I'm kind of <laughs> used, I'm used to adversity. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does clearing dance floors does cross boundaries. So you've been there. I like that. Um, also, before we uh, crack on with the fatherhood chat as well, Spoonie, I know that you are a big football fan and a big Liverpool fan. So let me uh, be the first to congratulate you on nearly winning the title <laughs> yeah very good that's good is, it, is this how this is going to be all day <laughs> I mean there's, there's got to be a back and forth I mean come on right. it's one of the only things that non-Liverpool fans can enjoy right now well look as, as long as you can take it I mean who do you support Arsenal <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? To the... <laughs> OK, well, I don't want to be accused of bullying, but, um, yeah, look, we'll come back to that. Listen, we're going to get the title. It's just going to take us a little bit longer, so there you go. Yeah, maybe in the courtroom. Uh, anyway, uh, so, Smoothie, <laughs> you are the father of two daughters, that is correct? I am, Jasmine and Olivia. 
Excellent, gentlemen, Olivia. So, so uh, you know, broadly speaking on the podcast, we like to talk all things fatherhood and, you know, everyone's experience around fatherhood and, you know, how they've felt about it, because I don't think that it's necessarily an area that we discuss enough uh, in broader society. There's often a bit more of a focus on mothers and, and yeah. they obviously do a wonderful job. They're not mutually exclusive. So yeah. if you could um, kind of talk to me about when you first became a father, were you expecting to be a father at that time? And what were your emotions kind of running through your head at that time? I mean, I wasn't sort of, when I say I wasn't expecting, I wasn't planning to be. Um, but when when I got told, I was okay. I was actually quite ready. I was settled, settled and stable in myself. I had a good job. I was happy. I had good friends. I was content. A lot of my friends already had children. I was already an uncle. Uh, my younger brother already had a child. So uh, from that perspective, I was, I was fine. I was living on my own. It was cool um what else can i say about that yeah that that was it really um you know it's a little bit weird leading up to it because i was still in um full-on boy mode not dad mode and i actually went on a boy's holiday the week before jazz was born and i came back on the monday and she was born on the tuesday which is like when i think back it's absolutely ridiculous of me <laughs> <laughs> but you know well you know DJs one more and, trip to magaluf let's yeah, go yeah let's go djs and timing it was impeccable um but yeah that so when i look back I, I maybe i wouldn't do that again in fact i wouldn't do that again i mean i'm not gonna have i'm not gonna have any more but that's the kind of i was still in a i don't know a, a, the zone i was in was really like cool maybe laissez-faire and just cool with it you know yeah, I mean, do you know what? It's it's interesting that you say that as well. And as I say, these discussions are all about kind of chiming with the listeners who, who may be in a similar place. And I know a friend of mine, he'd been with his uh, wife now for years and, you know, they'd all, always intended to have kids. But when she actually got pregnant and they were about to have a baby... With the last kind of month or six weeks to go, he had an absolute blowout, and he was—he he found it hard to explain. It was like maybe he just felt the doors were closing, so he went on a big one to Vegas and things like yeah. that. And I think it might be a common experience a lot of new fathers might be facing. I mean, the worrying thing there, as, as you've just said that, as I was thinking back, mine wasn't even a blowout. Mine was just—I'm just going to continue as I was, well, actually, mate, you're going to be a dad in a minute. Do you not realise this is the single most important thing that's going to happen in your life? And, you know, a few days before, I was just chilling on the beach in Felaraki. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Perfect <laughs> like I said, dad it's, training, eh? <laughs> it's, it's like crazy to even think about it. But look, you know, Jazz has come out. She's beautiful. She's balanced. She's intelligent. She's healthy. So I'm going to say it's maybe because I wasn't there for that last week driving her mum mad. So that's, that's, that's how I've reframed it. <laughs> so when you, um, so after the birth, after Jazz was born, um, what would you say were the initial kind of challenges that you maybe were not necessarily ready for or, or found a little bit, well, very challenging? Well, so one of the first things um, that I would say with it is that growing up, I always saw myself as a father of sons. I always thought I would have a boy. I, you know, I love football. I grew up in a house with, it was just my mum and three younger brothers. So I was very much used to boys. Um, you know, I had, I had aunts, but I spent a lot of time with my uncles. I love my aunts dearly, uh, most of them anyway. Um, <laughs> but I spent a lot of time with my uncles. Um, 
and I always saw myself playing football with my son being such a, a mad football kid. Um, and from the day um, that Jazz was born, I never, ever considered having a boy. Again, it didn't matter. It really didn't. And, and it was such it was such a shift um, that I can't even describe uh, where you've gone polar opposite in that way in such a in such a short space of time um so that was that was a, that was interesting i mean the other thing was i'm not sure if i was ready to be a dad at home with his partner and his child but i was definitely ready to be a dad so i i, I think looking back i might have been a little bit too um selfish with regards to the whole dynamic of the family but I definitely embraced all of my, the father side of it, um, which I don't know if if that's any consolation, but yeah, no, that's maybe a, it is a little bit. It's really interesting point. So to pull up on both of those points, really, first of all, um, with regards to you were saying that you'd always kind of expected to have a boy, would you say, because we've had a conversations about this with some of our other guests, would you say that um, because you had a daughter, you... Uh, assumed that you wouldn't be able to play football with her, or wouldn't be able to take her to the football and stuff like that. Did, did uh, like were you parenting with those gender roles in mind, or is it something that you actually thought, no, she's a girl and she might like football as well? Yeah, you know what, I did, and it's interesting you say that because she, I've taken her to many football matches. Um, I say many football matches. She's been to football matches. She's been to see me play football. She went out to Anfield quite recently, actually, for the first time. But we've been to a few games in the south of the country before. So she's OK around the football. But bearing in mind, she's twenty, nearly 24 now. So in the mid-90s, um, girls playing football wasn't such a thing as for it to be prominent, where Olivia now has actually played football at school. So if I were to have uh, another girl... Um, thinking of that girl playing football wouldn't be so far from my mind. So, yeah, those gender roles and those stereotypes absolutely would have um, played a part in that. But, you know, I'm not going to apologise because that's just kind of like where we were with it. However, like I said, the other side of it is I never ever thought, oh, I can't take her to football because she's a girl or I won't take her to a football match because she's a girl. But in my mind's eye, I saw myself playing football with, with my son. The other point you kind of raised as well is around like the kind of nuclear family unit or mm -hmm. traditional family unit uh, and one that you perhaps wasn't ready to kind of get involved with at that level, but obviously you were ready um, uh, to embrace fatherhood. So, yeah. you know, this, this again will be something that will touch a lot of uh, different listeners out there because not we can't assume that everyone is you know, living in a 2.4 children white picket fence family unit, yeah. but that doesn't prevent the fatherhood aspect taking over. So um, what would you say were your, were the kind of challenges you faced maybe not living and working within that family unit and having to parent separately? Well, I mean, I mean, this is a, a difficult one because I I... There's, there's two angles to it. So I have a responsibility as, well, to my ex-partner as uh, a partner and as a father. And like I said, I totally embraced the 
the um, post jazz being born, I totally embraced the the role of being a dad, and most probably didn't embrace the role of being her partner as much as I should have. And then what happens is some people have quite easy breakups, and you know the, the children spend equal time or organized time between them that they do mutually and then some people have a more acrimonious split um and mine albeit it wasn't as acrimonious as it could have been it wasn't as easy as it could have been so then there are challenges like access and logistics um finances that you have to that you have to deal and overcome and i guess i embraced my role as a father um so much that I just had to um, deal with those things as part of the process. I absolutely wouldn't have chosen to have dealt with them, but because I was now a dad, I had a responsibility to my daughter, which meant that I had to take on some of these battles. And again, I'm not casting any dispersions at Jazzy's mum because she's done an incredible job with our daughter and it would have been incredibly difficult when I cast my mind back 24 years to have to deal with all of those moving parts but it it is what it was and like i said you know you, here we are now um nearly 24 years later and we got through it but it just wasn't always it just wasn't always very easy so for uh, say there's a dad out there who is having to take on that kind of co-parenting situation but not from the same house like living separately is there any kind of pointers you might give that person listening right now to how to make it move and function in a more harmonious way i mean i could talk all day about it um if i'm completely honest i think that one of the things i would try and advise is as quickly as you can possibly get the new normal and i know it's a phrase that's been coined around a lot lately but you've really got to get your head around um like the logistics the 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 child spending time at yours your living arrangements um school arrangements emergency arrangements and i would you have that conversation and i know this is going to be sound really drastic but if you you'll have a gauge like the the the, your, the partner will have a gauge for you, you will have a gauge for your partner. And if you feel that it could go south at any time or sh she might be unpredictable, and I'm speaking totally uh, from a male perspective here in a, in a, in a, in a two-sex marriage, that if she is going to be, or a two-sex relationship, if you think that there's going to be a problem, I would go and get professional legal help as quickly as possible so you get straight onto the path that you need to as quickly as possible. Otherwise, what will happen is you'll spend three, four, five, six, ten years of back and forth and acrimony when you could just go to the courts, sort it out. You have that explosion at the beginning and then you get used to it. And if I could turn the clocks back, I would go, right, let's just get this, get this in black and white, get it sorted, get it arranged, and we continue to live our lives. Because ultimately we still need to remain as parents. And I see a lot of parents that get, spend so much time at war with each other that they forget that they're now their new purpose, their sole purpose, the most important purpose is to be good parents to that child. Yeah, yeah, that's it's interesting. So absolutely kind of getting a separate mediator to lay out yeah. rules that you both, uh, with no bias. Now, 
One of the uh, pressures that would have been on you was working. You're obviously very busy. Um, you've got several different types. As I say, DJ, presenter, uh, sports person, well, uh, uh, TV personality, sports fanatic. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering, when you're, when you're a professional DJ, right, you know, like when you qualify as a doctor, you have to change your, t- <laughs> your uh, driving licence and get on there. Do you get that as well? Do you have to have DJ Spoonie um, on your driving licence? No, I'm afraid not. In fact, I'm glad I'm not. I'm glad I'm not. I can just go up to uh, wherever I go to an airport and just give them my proper name. And it is actually, it's nice being, having that level of anonymity where I can just be Jonathan Joseph at times. And I, I'm, Jonathan Joseph is a massive, 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 it, it's me. The DJ Spoon is just a hat that I can put on every now and again. And I'm glad it's that way around. I'm glad I'm not famous in that way that I can't go to the supermarket or go out in odd socks and end up on the front of a magazine or a newspaper. You know, I could go out and sweep the front of my house in my bare feet and my neighbours genuinely don't care and then there's no paparazzi outside. So I love the fact that I have a very, you know, I'm I'm, I'm known if you know, but if you don't know, you wouldn't have a clue. So I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fine um, with all of that and how, you know, going back to being a dad, it means that I can just, you know, go rock up and pick Olivia up from school and we can sit in Costa as she loves to do and do really normal things, you know, mess about playing on swings. And, you know, when I did my legging, I was messing around on my crutches, which she found hilarious. She absolutely loved it, telling her friends that I could do this dance on my crutches. So I can do that sort of stuff, um, which just keeps you grounded in being a parent because... Jazz and Olivia, they don't care for any of the uh, the, the, the spoony stuff, really. They're just genuinely not bothered, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a se- it's a separate world for them. That, that, that's yeah. that's really yeah, it's really interesting. So, in terms of um, how you manage, uh, I guess the spoony thing comes into it, but it's how you manage work. So we're going to have a lot of listeners who. Again, yeah. some of them will be living separately to their children or their partners. Some will be living with them, but. Managing work pressures and raising a family is one of the hardest things for anyone to do, but particularly fathers, um, you know, as much as anyone else for that matter. And uh, how how did you manage um, the kind of pressures that were on you having a young child and as we'd all expect, you know, you as a DJ, you're going to be having to fly around different countries, late nights. How did you find the pressures of maintaining your work and your profile and being a, a, a present father? Um, so, I mean, there are, there's downsides to it, but there are definite upsides to it. And I think it's a case of just being fair, um, that if you have an arrangement and you're now living apart, that you give as much notice to um, to your partner if your arrangements are going to change. But, I mean, the fact that I was if we just say loosely working Friday, Saturday nights, um, Sunday nights at times, it would mean that doing things sometimes first thing in the morning on the weekends might have been a challenge because I might have got in at six o'clock. But what it also means is I'm normally free in a day where I can do the school run. So I can collect from school or I often have collected from school and even taken to school at times. But it means that you have free time at a different time. And it's just making sure that you shift your diary in your calendar and, um, or, and and that your partner is aware of that. And then the other side of it is, you know, if we're responsible fathers and we pay for the maintenance of our children, 
then that's how we do it. So if I don't work, she's not going to have the going to be able to go on holiday and have school clothes, uniforms and books and pens and, you know, contribute to your food and shopping and house or however you spend the rest of the money. So it is just about being fair, but being reasonable as well that, you know, if you're working until three or four o'clock in the morning that you're not going to go out on all night benders if you know that the next day you've got to have have your child. It's like if you do a normal nine to five, you can't just go out for drinks all the time. It's just about being fair. And I think if if people are being fair and reasonable, then most people are going to be okay with it. And I and it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I mean, at times there were some logistical difficulties, but listen, I hear people have those things all the time. You know, you meet someone who's you meet in London, but their family might be from the South Coast. And when you're getting on well, when you had a nice house in, in London and then the relationship breaks down, she hasn't got many friends in London. She wants to go back to the South Coast. So then every time you want to see your child, that's where you're going to have to go and collect them from. And then it's, do I have to do the four journeys there, back, there and back? Do we meet yeah. halfway? All of and these things what, need to be discussed. You've got to check whether there are any direct flights from Falaraki to the <laughs> South Coast as well. <laughs> You always got to find these things out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, and, and I mean, all, all, all jokes aside, I mean, there's been a couple of times where I've considered could I live abroad um, and work and work abroad or base myself abroad, and it was it just the logistics of seeing uh, seeing the girls on a regular basis were, were, were too difficult or too great a risk. Not so bad now with the older one because she can jump on a plane herself, but Olivia's only nine, so then. I would have to, it would have to be, I'd have to rely on her mum or expect her mum to bring her to me or have to take four flights to see her. So, you know, listen, some people do it and if you can make it work, brilliant. But if you can't, like I said, I, I, I take my role and responsibility as a father quite seriously. So my wishes and dreams have to kind of take, um, take a back step sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes you can do the both but sometimes they just have to stay in the pipe well that was actually going to be my next question if it will so again like not not all of our listeners will be international djs for sure that's probably <laughs> there's going to be a small number of any but the pressures of you know work uh, and fatherhood will be something that will chime with all, all of the people kind of engaging with this so <laughs> one one thing that will chime with them i believe is a question around in the professional sphere ambition and people might be in a job and thinking well do i want to you know work harder work longer hours potentially to try and move along so i can maybe satisfy my own ambition but also earn more money to provide or is it better that i am around more present mm -hmm. uh giving more kind of you know maybe emotional support and just be be there basically yeah. um how did you navigate that kind of trade off and um yeah what what was your experience with regards to it well i mean it, it, i'm kind of I was smiling as you as you setting up the question there because you know i know people that live uh with their partners and their children and they spend less quality time with their children um and because they spend more time at the home because they're going home to their child. Well, at least I know, right, I've got these set times and those times are for the child. Um, and it's 
I'd like to think it's good quality time. They might have something else to say about it. But <laughs> I mean, with again, when you're when you look at ambition as a as an individual or as a single person, um, when you are in a relationship, you, that ambition needs to be a collective ambition, and it needs to be considered because if we are, unless your your partner is going to say, okay. Um, you go and do whatever you want to do with regards work for the next two years so we can move out of the one-bedroom flat or the two-bedroom flat and then we want to get a bigger house, then sacrifices have to be made all of the way around. But there might come a time when you're, you know, you come home, you've left in the morning before the baby's woken up, you come back, the baby's now gone to bed. Um, These are challenges that you're going to have to deal with. But Everyone has to, at some point, make some kind of sacrifice. Um, there's always going to be some compromise to be made. And as long as you are making it collectively, like I said, your individual ambitions when you're living at home and you're living together um, need to be, uh, you need to have that family discussion. As a, as a man who lives on his own, I can make more unilateral decisions, but I still have to consider how will this affect um, so if I go and collect Olivia from school two days a week and I get offered a new radio show, I then have to speak to Olivia's mum before I accept the post and say, right, are you able to get her on those two days? Can we swap the days over? Um, and you just have to make those considerations. She'd be fine with it. She'd, she'd, you know, she'd make it happen. But you can't just turn around and go, well, I've got a new job, so you have to you have to arrange in line. yeah it's like oh. it's not how it works and those that kind of attitude will cause more problems than than, than good i can assure you trust me <laughs> i speak from experience <laughs> yeah you've done it so we don't have to <laughs> exactly mondo exactly mondo a lot can happen in the next 3 years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In terms of having um, children by uh, different mothers, how yeah. um, did you 
find that experience like in terms of maybe getting the daughters to be aware of each other, bond with each other? Because obviously for you, you will love both children the same because they're your children. But um, for the children's perspective, they obviously will have uh, different mums. And how did you work to bring them together and and forge that relationship? I mean, my... my, how could I say? I mean, one of one of the challenges is that um, there's almost a 15 year gap between the two, so that is a huge gap for Olivia to see. She knows Jazz is her sister, and Jazz has got a little sister. But I suppose Olivia would see her more as a sister if she was of an age that she could play with her. They live at opposite sides of London. Um, Jazz is of an age where she, you know, when Olivia was born, she was just finding her self and her friends and her social groups and all of that sort of stuff so you know when Olivia was like three where she could toddle about Jazz had been 18 so the age gap is is quite a a challenge again the individuals I know some people who have uh, children from with with different partners and the partners are fine and then there's some people where it's less fine Um, mine hasn't been easy it's it's cordial but there's times when you could do with a bit of a bit of help because if I'm not around, it would have been nice if it was more uh, if if there was a, a better uh, relationship between the two individuals that the girls could meet up and do stuff themselves. So it's not just left to me because ultimately they are sisters, and I also understand that ultimately the responsibility is on me to bond that relationship. But it would be nice if if they could if they would help, but I'm not expecting them, expecting them to. But like, listen, when, when the girls are together, they're, they're absolutely fine. I know Jazz loves seeing her little sister and Olivia loves seeing her, her big sister. I, I would like them to spend more time together and speak to each other more regularly. But I also understand the challenge of the age gap um, is, is quite a thing for them. But, you know, it's, again, it's another one of those situations that we... Uh, try and make the best of. Is there anything that um, you maybe learned from your experiences with your first daughter um, that you took into raise the way that you raised your second daughter? And yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know you'll go on to say that they're individuals, and we appreciate every child's an individual. But you know, there would have been parenting kind of experiences that you would have learned from. Yeah, I think, you know, they are individuals and we grow as well. You know, the, the the man that I was at 26 when I had jazz was very different to when I was 40 when I had Olivia. And even though um, I didn't, I, I, I'm going to definitely say I was more considerate as as I got older, which is a which is a major part of it, and you know Olivia's mum might say you're not considerate enough, but that's that's, that's, her, that's her ultimate, absolutely her prerogative to say that. Um, yeah, we've got that quote. Yep, she did say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just become, like I say, we we should become a little bit uh, more aware and more responsible and learn from our learn from our mistakes. Um, and that, like as a as a father to jazz, um, like I said, other than the relationship maybe breaking down between her, her mum and myself, that as an actual dad to to her, it, you know we we're, we're we're solid. We're still we're still very golden. She has very good memories of certain situations. I've been there every step of the way. Parents' evenings, holidays, 
um, you name it, from one end of the scale to the next. So it's not as though I've been absent in any way, shape or form. She doesn't see me every morning when, when she wakes up, but she knows her dad's, you know, very present and we have a very good time, um, whether we're doing schoolwork or we're messing about on the swings in the park. The way we're kind of discussing the uh, parenting, you know, from a different household, uh, as it were, um, mm. we're certainly hearing a lot of kind of um, positive aspects of ways to make it work. But w- is there anything that you personally feel like either you or the girls might have missed out from through not living in that kind of family unit? Or do you just think that this is the best way it could be? No, in an ideal world, you wake up with your children, you see them bloom and blossom every single day. That, in an ideal world, is what I would, uh, what you would want, or what I'd say for anybody to want. But if it's not going to be like that, then you've got to try and find the next best to that. Now, some children are perfectly happy, and they say you're better to be uh, from a broken home than in a broken home because you get your both your parents in glorious technicolor all the time and if they go and stay with their mum or they go and stay with their dad they've got their bedroom they've got everything there you know normally the parent that they don't stay with all the time spoils them a little bit more so again it's just like what child doesn't like to get their own way and be spoiled they they can end they can end up with the best of both worlds but in an in an ideal world, listen, I would love to have seen my seen my girls every day. I, I love when I see them. I miss them when I don't see them. I miss them when I leave them. But it's you know it it, it is how it is. You mentioned at the start, uh, uh, upon the birth of your first child, a lot of your friends had already become fathers. Um, yeah. So it's quite a, a long expanse of time, and you've kind of hinted at it a couple of times that maybe attitudes around fatherhood have changed somewhat. Um, from your experience with watching maybe not just necessarily yourself, but how your friends have grown or the experiences they've had, what would you say is different now for a father who may be entering that world at this stage as opposed to 20 years ago? Well, I mean, I I didn't grow up with my dad. I don't know who my dad is, but I didn't really grow up with my dad. And I know in the time that I've been alive, especially in my in my circle. And maybe that says as much to do with the kind of people that I hang around with and respect and love, because I see that the way they handle their their, their, their parenthood. And they're not always with the mother of the children uh, either, but it's the way their attitude to towards b- being a dad and accepting their responsibilities. I think, I can only speak through what I see, and I know there's a lot of absent fathers out there, um, admittedly, but the people that I've been around have been absolutely exemplary. They've been brilliant role models in how to be a father. Um, And I think as time has gone on, people have understood how important the father role is. And we, I love my mum like dearly, I I cannot speak highly enough about my mum um but it's still important that dads have their role and i'll the caveat to that is and i'll say this it's it's important that the dads have a role if they are good responsible fathers if they aren't then it's best they stay wherever they are because 
like I said, for someone to have that amount of influence on a child, if it's not a good influence, they're better off just not being there. That said, if the dads are good, then give them as much access as they want because that child would ultimately grow up better for it, definitely more balanced, in my opinion. And I, and I think that society is accepted now that, you know, dads should have an, have an equal say um, and an equal role as long as they are taking care of all of their responsibilities. Do you know, it's such an interesting subject as well because I, I too, um, my mum and dad are split up where in terms of when I was growing up and, um, you know, there was that... There was certainly stigma attached to it, you know, um, growing up from a, essentially a broken home. I don't really like that mm. phrase. But, no. you know, the, the idea that, oh, your mum and dad have split up and it's somehow worse, when in reality, if your mum and dad weren't getting on, it's probably made your life a little bit easier, in all honesty. Yes, because... and, and that's... Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Sorry to jump in there, but I totally... You know, I cannot enough say that if it's not going to be good for the parents, why would you want your child seeing that every single day, all day, that atmosphere. They don't know when to speak, not to speak, who not to speak to. It's horrible. It really is. Like, why would, considering you both love that child so much, why would the dislike of another adult override that? I just don't I just don't see the sense or the logic in it. But as human beings, you know, we're fallible. Sometimes we, our ego gets in the way. We, we become selfish and we don't see the bigger picture. And when you do live apart from each other and then it is all about the child if it is all about the child and you are expect accepting your responsibility then i'm all for that absolutely in terms of you know obviously we're t talking about fatherhood and uh, there are challenges and i think one of the things that i've learned to be more okay with are those moments of i don't know if despair is the right word but you know those moments where you really like what the heck is going on here? You know, I'm I'm up against it. Um, and how you... Everyone has to learn how to overcome it and you get different, you know, um, different tools and a different emotional skill set to be able to overcome these things. Are those, were there those moments for you where you kind of thought, you know, what the fuck's going on here and uh, you, you had to kind of get it together? I've, I've, I've got my arms folded, my eyes are closed. I'm sighing deeply because this is where I've been really tested and taken out of the comfort zone. And in a way I can, I accepted the battles and the challenges from their mums. But when you get the, I don't know, a little bit of disdain um, or the kids seem feel like they don't love you or that they don't care, that is like the hardest bit to swallow. And there have been times when, when I've had that, but you just have to say to yourself, it's your ego, it's your ego, it's your ego, it's your ego. And try and put that to bed quickly because really they're allowed to feel how they want to feel. And the truth is they're young. They don't know why they're feeling, why they're feeling. They might just be tired or they genuinely might not like you at that moment, but they're allowed to feel like that. And it's just accepting that's how it is sometimes and trying to get out of that state into the next state as quickly as you possibly can. But it is hard and it has been hard and it, it, I suppose it gets easier as you as you practice getting out of your own way but wow there, there have been times when I've had to sit in the car and just have a word with myself I can assure you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I feel like I know exactly where you are in that moment 100% and my kid's only eight months old so it's oh, all wow. to come strap um, yourself in 
Now, Spoonie, um, we do on this podcast have a little feature. Now, I know the nature of it, um, you would have been given like little morsels of advice throughout the, the bits that you've been saying on the uh, po- on the episode, but we do have uh, a little feature at the end of each episode called Get Your Tips Out for the Dads, okay, <laughs> uh, where it's just if we can kind of pin you down to kind of one bit of advice that if the dads listening out there could take one bit away. But I'm not going to get into that without actually singing it because oh, we've, we've got to usher it in properly. Get your tips out, get your tips out, get your tips out for the dads. Spoony. <laughs> Do you have a tip for the dads? Um, be fair, be considerate, and be good. No, I like that checklist. Yeah, the dads are just scribbling that down. Be fair, be considerate, <laughs> and be good. And if not, book that trip to Falaraki <laughs> now, dads. Let's go. I mean, the, 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 the be considerate one, especially for you know what? It's not especially for, for if you're in a home uh, where, where you're separated. If I think generally, if we are considerate, it just makes it a little bit easier that when someone says or does something that you might not like. It's not always because, and it's quite often not because they're trying to get at you. It's just because of where they are. And if we if we look at it from that position first, as opposed to they're doing it to get on my nerves, it just gets you to the next point quicker and easier. And that's why I say if you be considerate, then it actually might help you more. This podcast raised the issue of co-parenting and you can find links to the Separated Parents Information Programme Handbook and the Parenting Plan Template in the episode notes, as well as links to Happy Steps, a UK research-based step family resource centre. Spoonie, you have been a sensational guest on the episode. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, where, if, if people have enjoyed... Well, I've enjoyed listening to you. I'm sure they will. If, if people have enjoyed you and want to hear more and see more of what you do, where can they find you? Um, best place, I mean, online. I'm at DJ Spoonie on Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, the same. Official DJ Spoonie on on Facebook. I do some live streams. So you, uh, especially during this period, people will be able to... Uh, come into Spoonie's house literally and listen to the variety of music that I play from garage to reggae uh, across three or four nights. Um, I'm doing a Stevie Wonder tribute. Um, I've so far done Prince, Michael Jackson, Luther Vandross, Shaka Khan and Whitney Houston. And I'm doing a, uh, a Stevie Wonder one, which I'm really looking forward to. And then that's going to be on Twitch. When you say tribute, it's not you dressing up as him, yeah, like shaking your head. You mean like playing his music? Yeah, that would have been a little bit offensive. Um, dress, <laughs> not dressing stars up in the eyes. No, it's not stars in the eyes. Dressing up as Luther Vandross might have been all right. Prince would have been a challenge. <laughs> Michael Jackson most probably not so much. Shaka Khan, that would have been really difficult, and Whitney even more so. But um, no, I'm just playing music uh, from all those artists for two hours, so everyone can breathe a sigh of relief sounds awesome and what a hall of fame cast the kind of music you're talking about there um spoonie thanks so much for being on the podcast thank you for having me on the next how's your father podcast i have none other than the multi-talented absolute awesome comic spencer jones before he could even speak you know when they make sort of noises he accidentally said in the night i need you <laughs> <laughs> and, it was, and it was absolutely weird. So weird. <laughs> I, 
I need you. <laughs> said it in the right way. Said it the right. He did need her. He needed feeding. Yeah. <laughs> I need that you. That is absolutely hilarious. I would be weirded out like he's been possessed if someone starts dropping I need you. In I reckon a few, a few parents would go, oh my God, we've got a genius. We've got an absolute genius. <laughs> Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.